Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Marjorie. I'm so excited. What is that? Because today's another one on one clink. Ooh, those clinked well. Those, we have new fancy glasses. They which just showed up here in, at the radio station. In nonprofit world, <laughs> anything new is exciting, especially when you don't have to pay for it. I know. They've got I love it when stems shows up. and they're made of real glass. And I wouldn't everything. say they're crystal. No, but that's all right. And the, and the wine is delicious. Well, God, mm-hmm. What are we drinking? So today we're drinking Project Paso, which Ooh. is an old vine Zinfandel. Who has not paid for this sponsorship, but if they'd they like haven't. to, feel free to send us money. Yeah, because we do like our old vines and fidels. <laughs> so, but what I really like about this particular wine is the picture that's on the front. It's just of this kind of old looking tree and it's in this beautiful pasture and the sun is setting and it's all mm. the colors of, you know, orange fading into purple. It's just beautiful. And you know what it makes me think of? More wine? Well, yes. Although I don't see any wine, but, but I'm sure there is somewhere. If you in the drink enough there. of the wine, you yeah. can see the wine mm-hmm. somewhere in the distance. So, but this is looking like vacation to me. Oh, vacation. I remember that. It was before I joined nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> Except here's this cool thing that a lot of nonprofits and uh, what somebody called, told me the other day, millennial hipster companies yes. <laughs> are doing. And it's called unlimited PTO. Okay. So I have to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know this is where we're going on the show, but. I just think it's ridiculous. I'm going out there and saying, I don't know how it works. I don't know who's doing it. I've seen these posts on it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Well, I'll be honest. Is, I, I will admit that it is crazy talk. Yes. But I'm doing it. This is why we are drinking wine in big glasses today because it's great. So I, we run our business. I love that when we have uh, polar opposite lights of thinking, I always think yeah. I learned something from it. So, so here was our thinking on it. We had employees, we had a very, very, very generous PTO schedule to begin with because we were part of a larger organization that had been around forever that didn't pay people much. And we still don't pay people much. Um, <laughs> Cause we're not profit, but we had, we were, we were basically people were buying back weeks and weeks of vacation every, every year because they weren't using all of it. And so, so you, you were know, giving out the money instead. Is that mm-hmm, the buyback meaning? Okay. Yep, giving money instead. Some people were losing PTO partly because they felt guilty about taking their vacation and right. things like that. So we looked at it as an opportunity to make kind of a culture change. So. We kind of threw this out, and uh, of course, you know, one of my employees goes, "This is this is the craziest thing you've ever." Heard. I don't understand how this is going to work. We're just all going to take off. But the beautiful thing is, if your culture is good, if your the people in your organization are committed to the organization, if they're taking off appropriate amounts of time. You just don't have to worry about the buildup. So, let's say that um, at the very beginning of my my rollover year. Um, all of a sudden maybe a family member gets sick and I'm not the primary caregiver, so I'm, I'm not eligible for FMLA, but I need to be in and out quite a bit. I don't have to worry about draining my entire vacation bank then and not being able to take vacation until September. I can, you know, take care of things. I can get my vacation in in July and maybe I don't decide I don't want to go and, you know, take more time in September, October, December, you know, that's okay. Um, I can decide that this year I want to take a three week cruise. And then maybe next year, I don't really want to take vacation because I spent all my money on a three-week cruise. So we've got options like that. So how does that work from an office staffing standpoint? Because here's some of the arguments I've seen. It's Mm -hmm. super popular right now on social media, back and forth. People trying to figure out, does it work? How would it work? And and then there's people like me that are still mystified by the concept. (laughs) So 
because you're a fairly small organization, but mm-hmm. you do need to be able to be open to the public where they can come in and out and come see you or your volunteers at least can come in. So mm-hmm. how do you make sure like everybody's not all gone at the same time? Well, so the thing, the thing about it is, and I think the thing that people like just blow by, like pass it, it's unlimited vacation, but it's not whatever you want. You know, so good point. Your staff still needs to have vacations approved because so we just can't. People... Vacation can still be denied. Yes, vacation can still be denied. We put that in there. Um, we put in our policy that we have blackout days. Uh, there are some days out of the year, some weeks out of the year that I know, like three months from then, that I can't have people out of the office that week. It's usually the week around our annual conference, around um, our two major events. I can't have people out of the office right. during that time period. So, you know, we put blackout dates on calendars. If somebody, if I already have a certain number of people who've already requested a day off, let everybody else know, sorry, this day's taken. Um, around the holidays, what we do is I think right around the beginning of October, I have everybody submit their time that they want off from Thanksgiving week until Martin Luther King Day. Put them all together, see how this works out. And there's been one time that I had to tell one person that they need to take a day less of vacation. I usually like approve the smallest amounts first. Oh, it's kind of the way I, I was it. wondering how you did it yeah. go by seniority or whoever gave you the best wine for Christmas or. Yeah. That's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do it by. But you can do it by smallest increments. Yeah. So like if you want one day off, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell one person who wants one day off that they can't have it, but I am going to tell somebody who wants two weeks off. Sorry, you need to come back a day early. Right. You know, because. Three other people went off that day. So no conflicts thus far? How long have you been doing it? So we've been doing it for six months. Um, no conflicts thus, thus far. Um, I did, uh, I ran a report uh, a couple weeks ago, right at the, the six month mark and looked at everybody's. Um, I was actually taking the most time off. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Modeling the behaviors of we course, want to see, right? Of course. Um, but actually I had an injury uh, a while back and so I had to take some time off for you know, medical appointments and things like that. And then I had a vacation and, you know, but I don't see myself taking a lot of time off between now and the end of the year because this is our crunch time. So, so I can't just wake up if I'm working for you and think, Oh, I can't adult today. And it's Tuesday. I'm just going to take a PTO day. You have to have it pre-scheduled. Is this like preempt the sick day concept or there's still sick days? I mean, or? if you're sick, you're sick. We, so we don't have a bank of sick days. It still comes, it's still PTO. So it's all one big It's one pot. big thing of a pot of uh, everlasting pot. Now, here's the thing. If you, if you've got an employee that's taking a lot of time off, you may go, oh, it's because of the time off uh, or the, they're not getting their job done because of the time off, but it's more of a performance problem. So you start to look at, okay, what's the goals of this position? What are we supposed to be getting done? And if the person's consistently not getting their work done, that's more of a problem than are they taking the time off. So if you, and you don't, probably haven't had this because you only had six months, but prediction wise, if you had your mm-hmm. magic eight ball with it, you in front of you, if you had an employee that say um, was having a performance issue and then they said, hey, I want to go to Argentina for three weeks with my boyfriend Raul and we're so excited and we're leaving on this date, mm-hmm. would you be less likely to accept that? If there was, even if there was no conflicts because there's a performance, does there something in yeah. the performance that says if you were on a performance eval plan, PIP plan that you can't? Yes. I'm yeah, getting, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have um, an employee that's clearly not getting their work done and they give you, a, I need three weeks off, you know, you need to sit down with them. Well, how is this work going to get done? And you have those questions. So remember when we had Robo Trend back in yes. calling people to greatness? Yes. You call a lot of people to greatness this way. It's, you know, how, okay, so. We're channeling our inner Cy Wakeman on this. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> this is what you want to do. This is what the organization needs done. How are we going to get to that? And, you know, the most important thing is making sure that the rest, you know, the, your entire staff is in stress. So you don't want one person taking, you know, 20 weeks off a year and stressing out the rest of the staff. That's not fair. 
I was so. wondering about that because if you have the wrong culture, which is up front, mm-hmm. you said you have to have, right? Yeah, that's number one. You can't have people who don't want to do your, their jobs. You can't have that. Right. So because I can see where it would be like, well, I have only taken two weeks this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul over there, his slacker Paul, he's taken eight weeks already this year. Mm-hmm. And, there, you know, you have people who are you know, keeping track of this on their own, right? Yeah. And then Stop doing that. Right. And also, business. right. And also they're like, well, I don't like Paul because he takes too much vacation time because it puts all that work on me. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be, I think for it to be effective, there has to be some sort of individual accountability in positions as opposed exactly. to you cover me, I'll cover you. You get too much of that. And I can see where this might create some rubs. Yeah. I think that if you've got, if you've got one employee that's all of a sudden getting way too much work because everybody around them is taking off, then that employee, it, it's really important on them to say, Hey, I've got it. I'm having a performance problem because they're the jumping, jumping. Yeah. So it, it really requires a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires, you know, everybody wants to come to work. Yes. That's really important. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, because I, I think that I've, you know, I've, I've been on staffs that would not have succeeded in this, um, where we would have people just kind of taking off and getting upset because they were kind of called to the carpet because, Hey, you're not getting your work done. Right. Um, where with the staff I have now, like everybody's in it for the mission. They want to do it. They want to show up to work. They want to do their job. They want to, they want the organization to succeed. So I think that might be one reason I think it works really well in nonprofit cultures. Right. Um, not all. Right. Means, right. Absolutely. Maybe over a for-profit corporation where you're just kind of funneling your profits to the man. Right. You sure. Know, this way, you know, the more we work, the harder we work together when we're here. And frankly, like, I would much rather you work really hard when you're here. They give me like 30%, 70%, like all the time. Right. Like show up every time. So, yeah. Because you're, you're, you had that golden carrot at the end. Exactly. Of helping more people. So because we have wine today, I feel very comfortable using this acronym, which is mm-hmm. a government acronym. It's the <laughs> FLSA. How mm-hmm. does this work when it comes to the Fair Labor Standards Act uh, with regards to do you have to pay out PTO if it's unlimited? Does that impact any of the FLSA rules and regulations? What did you have to consider to do this? So we did actually, we looked at a lot of that and there is... And I'm sure it varies state by state. I'm putting that up front with any of our listeners because I know we have listeners across the country. Yeah. So I did my research strictly in Illinois. Um, There's no federal law that you have to pay, that you have to give PTO at all. PTO, vacation, sick time. In Illinois, there are some laws that you have to make sure that people have a certain amount of sick time. Um, that doesn't have to be paid out or anything like that, but it can be rolled into your PTO. So basically, if somebody's sick, they're sick. I'm not going to worry about that. If they're continuously sick, we're going to have a conversation sure. about what's going on. Um, you know, what can we do to help? How are we going to help this? But really, the biggest thing that I, I came across was was the payout. And in Illinois, basically, the law seems to read that, you know, if you're doing unlimited PTO, as long as you're not keeping a bank. So if there is no sort of bank, then you're fine. You don't have to pay it out. If you've somehow decided that, okay, like 100 hours is really the max I'm going to deal with, and so you kind of have a bank, then you get into situations where you're paid out. So it's either it's unlimited or it's not unlimited. Wow. So now, again, if you've got an employee that's taking three months out of six months off, you've got a performance problem. Sure, absolutely. And that's how you you deal with things. And I think actually it's a lot more constructive to talk to people about their performance than, well, you were late on this day. And you miss work these days. So, you know, when we have had conversations about, hey, you know, this day may not have been the time to take off because of X, Y, Z. But, um, you know, really those are those are great call to greatness Mm -hmm. conversations, which can not only improve your relationship with that 
employee, but you're also coaching them to be better employees and not only for you, but for themselves mm -hmm. as they continue their professional career. Yeah, because honestly, I'm going to be running with a pack of leaders. Like, I don't want to have a bunch of people that I have to like micromanage their time. I like it. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I got other things to do. <laughs> well, I am thoroughly impressed, uh, completely overwhelmed as some of our listeners may be as well, because the concept just... <laughs> It's like when someone introduced the iPhone for the first time, we all said, you know, what, what, what madness, that? why would I need that, right? <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll have this in our archives and in the future, someone will pull that up and go, <laughs> they thought that was a new concept and yeah. <laughs> it just becomes the norm. But yeah. until then, uh, not quite jumping on that mm -hmm. side of the fence, but we'll check in in it, a year. It means I can admire still the grass on the other side, yeah. right? And I think that there's certain organizations, like a certain, like an organization where most of your organization's office-based, I think it might work better than if you've got people that have to go to appointments every day and something like that. Fair enough. Big difference. So, you know, look at it, see if it works great for your organization. If it does, give it a try. Um, if it doesn't, don't. <laughs> and no. if you are thinking of putting this into your particular organization or you're a board member and you'd like to know more about it before you bring it to your executive director mm -hmm. as an opportunity, feel free to reach out to Marjorie. Yep. She can give you some additional details and some of the obstacles that she went through. And I know that if you uh, Google it just in general, lots of nonprofit boards so are many. talking about it right now. So yeah. thanks awesome. for enlightening us. And thanks for giving me wine before we had to have that terribly crazy conversation. Yeah. It's crazy nonprofit millennial hipster stuff. I, I, hipster stuff. <laughs> Love it. Thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.